Welcome back to episode 3 of Who's Code Again, a weekly podcast that takes a look at the Premier League with an eye towards improving your fantasy squads. I'm your host, Abin, and I firstly need to make an apology because it's been two weeks since uh, the last episode aired. I'd actually edited episode 3, or at least halfway, was halfway through editing episode 3 when I got caught up with some personal commitments, uh, some family commitments, and you know, just haven't had the time sit down and record or even put out an episode because episode three when i was done with it i just the the game was over so any sort of advice that i had planned was irrelevant and my thoughts were irrelevant so yeah that that's where we are and i like i once again apologize for you know the the mix up there that's on me so what we'll do for this week is we'll take a look at two catastrophic performances by two giants of the english game in manchester united and arsenal and we'll also look towards um, the upcoming fixtures and what that could mean for your fantasy squads and how we're doing. And a little update on as to how I've been doing uh, the uh, these last couple of weeks on fantasy. I activated my triple captain about um, a week ago when Kevin De Bruyne playing up against Fulham. And he could have had a hat trick. He could have had two assists. But instead he got, I think, uh, an assist and a, and a goal got 42 points off of him which is excellent but yeah i'll save that bit for the fantasy fantasy section which will be towards the end of the podcast as per usual this should be out early tuesday so you have enough time to settle uh you know your game week squads if you've been listening to the podcast and taking some advice from it so yeah let's crack on with the episode this is how we begin <laughs> welcome back it's been a while and uh, yeah, I mean, I feel that the week that's just gone by has been a bit of a, a break for me in football. Not really, because I've been watching games, but I really not wanted to talk about them specifically after two horror show performances for Manchester United in Europe that saw them crash out of the Champions League and drop into the Europa League spots. And they will be playing Real Sociedad, who are currently top of the La Liga table. As part of the round of 32, which means United are not going to be in that competition for much longer. So what I'll do is I'll address the PSG performance first. I'll address the incredible Jekyll and Hyde performance against West Ham on that weekend. And, of course, the shoddy display at Leipzig, followed by the meh, or rather the, the, you know, the intense defensive display that they had up against Manchester City. A game, a defensive display that should have been prevalent in Germany on Tuesday, but I'm getting ahead of myself. So, yeah. So, yeah, United cocked up things against PSG last, the week before last in spectacular fashion. They completely switched off in the fifth minute, which saw Neymar drift into a position completely unmarked and slot one past a hair. Marcus Rashford pulled one back in the 30th minute via a massive deflection from um, uh, from Danilo. And it looked for a, a large portion of that game that United were going to win this and win this comfortably. Um, there was obviously that flashpoint in the first half where Fred could have been sent off. But yeah, common sense prevailed and the referee took a decision which was more hum- more human than it was just as if it were to be dictated by by the letter of the law. The, that second half was, was 
highly problematic for a United fan, especially from a finishing perspective, because for the first 15 minutes, the decision to leave Fred on after his horror tackle or his horror show in the first half seemed vindicated because Fred was breaking the press. He was sending Rashford through on the wings. Rashford was tearing their right back to shreds and um, getting balls in to the strikers who just weren't finishing. And eventually that uh, they were made to pay. When a ball comes into the box from a corner, a second ball, it pings around and then just um, bounces kindly to Marquinhos, who slides it under De Gea. It's 2-1. Seconds later, Fred goes into a tackle, gets the ball. The referee makes a decision. Rather, he Fred gives the referee a decision to make. Uh, and Anderhera um, kind of helps him do it, you know, almost like puts a rubber stamp on, onto it. And Fred is sent off. United are now backs against the wall. Uh, 2-1 down and they huff and puff. Igalo comes on. I haven't even seen Igalo in, in, what, um, in two months. To no avail. And in the end, Rafinha breaks through, rounds the keeper, slides it to Neymar. Bang. 3-1. Game over. And United should... As I've repeatedly said in the last couple of minutes, they should have won that game. They completely cocked things up from their end. It was stupid on Solskjaer's part to leave Fred on for that an extended period of time. Maybe bringing on Donny van der Beek earlier on. I hope he didn't start that game. No, he didn't. To bring van der Beek on uh, to, to provide his industry in the middle of the park would have helped. But. We lived, <laughs> all hopes were, were pinned on the Leipzig game as United um, trudged on towards the weekend where I, I'm i pretty certain I've seen and I, and I, and I watched the 6-1 live um, a couple of a month or two ago. I am pretty certain that is by far the worst I've seen United play in, the, in that first half. It was David Moyes, Olympiakos are way bad. That's how atrocious that performance was. But that second half, one uh, highly contested, not contested, highly controversial situation where a ball may or may not have gone out of play before springing back in, um, leaving Bruno to like capitalize and slide one to Pogba, who hits an absolute banger from about thirty yards. He completely beats Fabianski uh, at his at his far post. No chance in hell. What a beautiful goal! It would have been a shame if it were if it were disallowed. And then United start turning the heat on. A Mason Greenwood with a pure striker's finish um, controls it. You think the ball's gone? Controls it with, with one touch and the second touch, bang! Bottom corner. Rashford gets sent through on goal by Bruno. He hits the post and then Juan Mata spots him, sends a lovely ball over the top, and Rashford chips the keeper. Three-one, game set and match. It's so infuriating watching this team. I, I cannot even begin to tell you just how pissed off I was. It, it is this team is not good for your for your health, not by any stretch of the imagination. And you know we thought that performance would galvanize Manchester United, would take them into that last game against Leipzig with a point to prove. And I agreed with Ollie's decision to go with the three five two. Not so much with the personnel he decided to go put into that formation. And within four minutes, Juan de Saka, who, oh my God, he did this against in the Europa League final as well. He tucks in close to his centre-back, leaves the guy on the wing wide open. And Angelino, who's got seven goals uh, for Leipzig this season, I think he's the highest goal scorer, 
waltzes, waltzes in freely, takes a shot, bang, 1-0 down in the 4th minute. The same thing happens in the um, 12th or 16th minute. The ball pings back around, cross to Haidara, nobody on him, goal again. We were so United was so lucky to, to have not conceded the third, which was marginally off. And by the time they eventually settled into the game, it was it was done. Harry Maguire in the second half, I don't know what he was thinking. Just kick the ball out of play, dude. What are you doing? It was so infuriating to watch and worse so. It was the hope. It was really the hope that killed you because on comes Pogba, on comes Van der Beek. And you know, they get a penalty and then they get a very questionable second goal and they're back in it. And ultimately, the boot of uh, the uh, of the Leipzig goalkeeper, whose name escapes me uh, right now, is the only thing that stood between United and Champions League qualification. The boot, the crossbar uh, in, the, in the game against PSG, all many contributing factors that have led United to be dumped out of the Champions League. But that's not the main reason. The biggest mistake Manchester United did was when they went to Istanbul, Basak Shahir, and completely messed it up. They went there with zero respect for the opposition. If they had gotten a point, they were through to the Champions League, to the round of 16. All they had to do was not mess that game up. They were in a position of strength. They'd beaten two. They'd beaten the Champions League finalist and the semi-finalist in, in back-to-back in, in succession and were in a position of power only for them to go mess it up in true Manchester United fashion. I don't know what to do, what to say about this team, where I, where I stand on it, how I, how I feel about the manager and the personnel. What I'm certain about at this point is uh, the exclusion, or rather the transfer of Paul Pogba from Manchester United. A day before the biggest game of the season... Your agent comes out or like or has sent out um, a briefing to Tutor Sport in Italy about how Paul no longer wants to be a player at Manchester United. Dude, we get it. Like we've, I've been so patient with this guy. He's been here four seasons, coming up on five, and he's just flattered to deceive. There have been some exceptional performances, some flashes of brilliance, but there are certain players, one Sebastian Veron being a very um, strong example of it, who are just not cut to play in the Premier League because if you put him in midfield and if he does not have the support system that a Kevin De Bruyne or a... Um, basically, the support system that Kevin De Bruyne has, and even Kevin De Bruyne is more industrious than Pogba has been. Let's just get that out there. He is massively exposed. That game against Tottenham where he gave away a cheap penalty when they were 4-1 down, just like, further crash the morale give our, he is single-handedly responsible for Arsenal's loss uh, Arsenal's first ever win at Old Trafford since 2004 16 years it was it was something I personally treasured and uh, even though Arsenal have been atrocious since I am that that game was heavily uh, blamed on Pogba and and for good reason He's not been himself. He's been him and his brothers and his agent have been bringing this circus consistently to Manchester United, where his performances have been far, far overshadowed by his relationship with the manager, with the team. And if he doesn't want to be here, fine, find a party that wants to take him back, but get the money for him. 
numbers are being banded about between the 45 to 50 million region, which is far less than what he should be going for. But anything in the 60 to 62 million region is something that United should seriously consider. Just close your eyes, take that money, wash your hands of it. Because the Champions League winners in the last five seasons have not had Pogba, Paul Pogba in midfield. Neither have the Premier League winners, which just goes to prove that there is life after Paul Pogba. David Beckham was kicked out of the club. Ruud van Nistelrooy. Cristiano Ronaldo left, and that was possibly like the biggest... Um, what do you call <laughs> the the biggest mistake Ferguson did by not replacing him? He replaced him with Michael Owen and Gabriel Obertan, and uh, of course Antonio Valencia, which is shambolic to say the least. But United will be fine without Pogba. That should be they, they really need a right winger. They need someone to come in at right back, and do they need a DM that is capable? of shielding that back line because that back line is atrocious. I I really like Victor Lindelof as a person, but it's time, dude. Like, that Maguire partnership is not working. Maguire, I will give another season before I take a judgment on him. He's been good. He was he had, he had a decent first season. He had a pretty shaky uh, shaky start to this season for reasons we have all read, read in the news. But... It's time United brought in a centre-back that's more commanding, that is able to organise his backline and um, have a right-wing option that gives Juan Bissaka a reason, like, you know, that leaves him with some sort of options ahead of him as opposed to him just running into space and hooking across and hoping it reaches somebody on in the middle of the box or at the back post. Uh, and this week, after United were... And I mean, unceremoniously held to a draw in the derby, where both managers set up not to lose. It it just infuriated the fan base some more because this performance is was four days too late. It should have been there on Tuesday. United would look toothless up front. I don't think the combination of Marcus Rashford and Mason Greenwood is working. I get it was forced with injuries to Cavani and Martial, but it there should be more options coming through in, through that door. Dan James, I think, would have made an, an impact because the way the way City push up and their fullbacks, Bart and Kyle Walker, are not really the quickest. So that was an option they really should have considered. But I, I don't know if James is injured, but he's just been completely frozen out of the squad because of his inability to make decisions in and around the box. So United are just... The, uh, an atrociously irritating club, and I just and I don't know. I think they're they're entertaining enough to watch, but I don't quite see them winning anything with Ollie. Not under uh, current circumstances. Now, and another club that is somehow surpassing all of the banter clubs in the Premier League or in the world in general is Arsenal. I had a lot of faith in Mikel Arteta when he first took over Arsenal. I thought, here comes a guy who is going to be pragmatic when needed. He's going to play fluid football when um, the opposition isn't the strongest. He's going to get the best out of his players. He he really helped change Raheem Sterling into the player he is today. He pushed Leroy Sané to be the, the, version, the best version of himself in Manchester City. But things have gone so wrong at, for him at Arsenal. 
So I've, I've pulled up the Premier League table to look at standings and uh, they've, they've played 12. I wish they had won four, drawn one and lost seven with a goal difference of minus five. So they're not scoring. They're not defending either. And ever since that uh, performance against Manchester United where they were extremely average, they've been on one horrible streak since... And I assume at some point the blame has to be passed on to Arteta because he's completely abandoned his philosophy. He's, I don't know what he's done uh, with the whole Mesut Ozil situation. Maybe it is out of his hands, but the Socrates situation wasn't out of his hands. Gwendozi, yes, deserved to be sent out on loan, but I felt that situation could have been handled better as well. William Saliba, who everyone keeps calling uh, the next big thing since you know since life spread, hasn't even made the 23-man squad in both Europe or for the Premier League. He's choosing to play Rob Holding instead, who has been horrible. Hector Belrin, who's had five foul throws. And uh, and Gabriel Magalesh, who is the only standout performer from that team. Thomas Partey is now out till January after aggravating an injury against Spurs, where Arsenal played completely into Mourinho's hands. He, Mourinho invited, gave them the ball, invited them to attack, hit them on the counter, two goals, second half, didn't take his foot off, the, just didn't bother making uh, runs runs forward into the Arsenal half, took his 2-0, went home, North London, it was white once again. And then there were the performances against Wolves that was extremely concerning, where Jimenez was um, knocked cold. Uh, by David Luiz which still somehow ended up with Arsenal losing that game with the star striker being out and the loss to Burnley yesterday where Granit Xhaka did something extremely stupid almost Fred-like and got himself sent off when Arsenal were just coming into a period of the game where they were battering the Burnley uh, the Burnley goal this leaves Arsenal in a pretty predicament because if Arsenal, if Arteta were to go and pull Mesut Ozil back in the team, because let's be honest, there is no creative outlet in that in that squad. Danny Sabas is great, but against low blocks, he is extremely ineffective. Shaka is not a creative player. I mean, he's suspended for the next three games, which may be a blessing in disguise. No Hector Belgian for the game against uh, Southampton because he picked up his fifth yellow card of the season. So he's out. So, and it, it kind of like, there is no place that I can see where Arsenal are going to get a creative output. Aubameyang is scoring goals for the opposition. I read a very funny stat that says that Aubameyang has scored more goals at the Emirates for opposition teams than for than for the Arsenal, which is ridiculous. If they continue in the same way in a form, because this is what the easy set of fixtures that they had, obviously the Spurs one being the anomaly. I don't see Arteta's process or other plan taking fruition because the next games are pretty tough. They have, South, they have Southampton away, Everton, and then Chelsea. I don't see them taking more than three points from those from those nine. And if it continues by January, they will find themselves in, in relegation spots. Especially after Fulham's brave performance against Liverpool. Fulham are finally coming together. They look like a team organized. They seem resolute. 
They have they drop deep. Uh, Ruben Loftus Cheek looks excellent. Uh, Ivan Cavallero is um, everything that Mitrovic should be and some. Uh, Bobby Decodova, Decodova Reed, if I'm pronouncing that right, has been getting their goals. A stunning finish, and let's then they really should have had a penalty there. The Fabinho takes off um, the player standing foot, and I don't know why it wasn't given, but they did. Uh, Fulham were really unlucky in yesterday's game but back to Arsenal because obviously the biggest band club of our generation um, would find themselves in a, in, a, in a pretty pretty predicament things were expected to be better post the departure of Arsene Wenger but it's not as a matter of fact if they don't act soon they just may find the future to be far more perilous than what they had anticipated. Now for the fantasy section of the podcast where I've had two rather interesting weeks since um, we last spoke. The first, that was game week 11, I finished with 94 points with Kevin De Bruyne uh, as a triple captain. He got me 42 Mares was pretty useless. Uh, he got me four. I'd taken him out for uh, taken Son out for him, and Son got thirteen points. And Mares was four. It highly annoyed me. Uh, Cancelo with a six. Uh, Justin not much. Vardy came through. Calvert Lewin. My my front three are essentially the ones that are scoring goals. And Salah came in with with fourteen points. Uh, fast forward to game week twelve, where that improved rather than stayed consistent. I ended up with seventy six points. No chips played. I uh, had Salah captain. Uh, McKinn won the penalty against Wolves in the ninety in ninety plus four, and as Anwar Al Ghazi took stepped up to take the penalty, which infuriated all my FPL groups because they all have Grealish and I am the only one out here who can't afford him. Um, so I got some. I was I was happy that McKinn picked up some points. Uh, De Bruyne, obviously not much. A, a big fat three in the board draw in the Manchester derby. Son had an assist uh, for the Kane goal in, in the game against Crystal Palace, but they failed to capitalize as, as Palace equalized late on. Cancelo got six from the um, Manchester derby, and it was James Justin who really took the spotlight in my defense. 11 points, uh, he, got him, he, he got his bonus, he got an assist and his clean sheet. Vardy had uh, two assists and a goal, so it was just a Leicester party in my uh, in my FPL squad this week. The others were Jamal Lewis, who uh, conceded and was substituted, so he just came in with a one. Bamford won the penalty, uh, which which gave him five points, and uh, Calvert Lewin was uh, yeah Calvert Lewin again won one. Sorry, Bamford didn't win. Who did, who did Leeds play this week? Just give me... Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, Leeds were... Oh, yeah, Leeds lost to West Ham. And yeah, uh, Bamford. Yeah, Bamford did win the penalty that uh, that Click had to take twice. So he's got five there. Calvert-Lewin also won a penalty that um, Sigurdsson converted when Everton beat Chelsea, which was good for my... FPL team once again because a lot of them have F, uh, F Chelsea assets in defense Kurt Zuma primarily being the one uh, as for this week it's 
I've already made my move. I've I've brought in Fernandez for for Salah. Uh, I think I do have a dog in the in the Liverpool Tottenham game and Son. So I, it made no sense to have two of them on, especially when United with their weird, fantastic away record are going to Sheffield United, who've had one point all season. They've got five goals and they have one point, which only means that United are traveling down to Sheffield to give them their first win of the season. I hope to be proved wrong, but I'm I'm not confident, guys. As much as I've I've you know I've wanted to like I I've, I mean I've not wanted to, I have brought in Fernandez, but I'm not confident about captaining him uh, for this week, for this game week's fixture. Uh, in defense, I have Kufal, uh, James Justin, who had a stellar performance against Brighton, and Cancelo, who I'm not quite sure will end up starting. In midfield, McKinn, Fernandez, De Bruyne, and, and Son, with a front three that remains unchanged in Vardy, Bamford, and Calvert Lewin. I expect to hit about 50 points this game week. I'm not quite sure if that'll actually end up happening. Uh, the plan is to keep Fernandez short term before switching him back to Salah. I had to free up some funds uh, by throwing Kilman out of the team, who hasn't really been playing. And uh, to bring Salah back in for game week 15, where he faces um, he faces Sheffield, I think, again. No, wait, let me just pull that up. Game week 15, he plays West Brom for the West Brom fixture at Anfield, which hopefully is a, a good twacking. And... I and, and I hope to have made him my captain at that point. So, yeah, I mean, if you have any questions, I'll probably set up a social handle that you can um, reach out to um, and, like, drop in any sort of queries or if you need any advice, I'd be happy to help. Uh, I'm not excellent at FPL, but I've been doing okay and this kind of helps me, uh, you know, just move along or rather just have, like, a, like be committed to it as I progress through the season and that is your wrap for this week's episode i will be back on on friday to do one more and the schedule will, will revert i just wanted to like make sure that we were caught up enough to have uh, enough you know like to have episode three out just before game week 13 kicks off and yeah see you soon take care and have a good one